Welcome to the Turfgrass Hotline, brought to you by our partners at Dryject, the only machine that aerates top dresses and amends in a single pass. And our partners at Intelligro, manufacturers of Civitas, a fungicide that's so much more. Rich Buckley, welcome to the Turfgrass Hotline. Our conversation continues with the 2019 growing season here in June in the Northeast. And the last time we talked, uh, we were yakking about damage from annual bluegrass beginning to make its way into the Rutgers lab. Let's start there. How severe has it been? Uh, Well, every day we get a few more samples. It's starting to pick up into a summertime pace in Three days, we got 58 plugs. So uh, a few of them had ABW, and uh, uh, I get a lot more emails and photographs of annual bluegrass weevil damage than I get actual samples because, uh, you know, insects are easy to diagnose. They come crawling out of the plug when you when you take it. That's what I was going to ask you. Are there times when they, they're sending it in for something else and you find ABW and say it's probably this? Yes. Uh, you know, the, the, the pose yellow... Uh, wilting prematurely, they think they have anthracnose or something, and I start pulling the plug apart, and I find larvae. You know, and usually there's smaller larvae just coming out of the stem. It's not like we're seeing, you know, adults in the plug or that that sort of thing. Are you surprised to see so much damage with all the moisture we've been having, or are you getting samples from parts of the region you service that might be drier? Yeah, a little bit of both. Some areas, and we, I mean, I have samples coming today from uh, Sonoma, California. So we get samples from all over the country, and there's clearly drier spots than the Northeast. Now, that being said, over the Memorial Day weekend, we had a pretty abrupt change from uh, cooler, wet, regular, rainy weather to some high and dry and hot and windy. Mm. And that situation dries out the surface quick, and if you're not on top of it, you know, uh, if your crew can't hand water well, mm-hmm. uh cook your grass. And and so we're starting to see the consequences of that now. And I believe that probably includes basal rot anthracnose on putting greens as well. Yes. You know, that's when the problems start showing up. You got anthracnose, the root diseases start coming into the forefront because the grass has that extra stress mm-hmm. and they can't hold up. And so how much anthracnose are you seeing? And is there any particular pattern? Is it infrastructural issues like poor drainage, scalp turf? Uh, what kinds of things are you seeing associated with the anthracnose? Are guys still a little too low in nitrogen? That's the, that's the, that, I, the whole time you're asking the question, I'm thinking, because they don't fertilize enough. I mean, seriously, I talked to a guy yesterday that had, had 0.7 pounds on his Poe Greens last year, and he thought he was high in N because he had 0.5 already this year. And, I, you know, I was like, dude, man, just, just chuck a, a pound of, of something, you know, slow release on it now and make it grow. The message that Clark and Murphy and, and all, you know, Ingrid John, all the anthracnose researchers from 10 years ago that said fertilize more, seems to have gotten lost in, in translation somewhere. And, and it's a shame, too, because what the work showed clearly, especially the BMPs that uh, James Hempling published last year in his research paper and have been on the website at Rutgers Forever, clearly it doesn't have to be a lot of nitrogen. It just has to be enough, number one. And number two, you don't lose playing performance. And that's what I think the work was so clearly showing is that you can cut it 090, but you better be feeding it pretty well. Otherwise, you're more susceptible to it. Now, Rich, let's transition to uh, root diseases for a second. 
Now that the summer looks like the summer flow is upon you, 58 samples is a fair in a day or a week? Three days. Three so days. A good week. Okay. <laughs> Fun being at work looking at dead stuff. Okay. So let's start with um, sort of what looks like a natural byproduct of the wet weather, and that's pythium root rot. How much have you seen, and is that really associated with the wet weather? Yes. Yeah, we see, we're starting to see increasing numbers of it. It's not overwhelming yet. But if I looked at my statistics, it might be the most common problem over the last few days. And it's wet soil, soils that are uh, holding moisture for whatever reason, you know, drainage or thatch or uh, overwater or, you know, guys get two-inch downpours and it just stays wet. Yeah, it's closely related to the wet soils. And, and I expect it to continue to be a problem as long as we maintain this kind of a rainy weather pattern. And you're seeing it in sand-based push-up greens or sand-based greens, push-up greens, or it doesn't matter. It's just it, any it, place it, it's holding it's water. mostly native soils with a lot of uh, uh, amended sand in it. If guys are air frying and top dressing a lot, like, you know, uh, we still see it. You know, it's, it, it might be three or four inches down, but there's a layer down there and, uh, it, the soils hold water. So at that interface where the the push-up green meets the sand top dressing, even if it's three or four inches down, now I've been cutting into a fair amount of greens. I know they're rooted to that depth, and I wonder if they spend a little more time breaking that interface between the old push-up and the sand top dressing that maybe they have to start working the problem at four and six inches now because uh, that's where the root rot is, where the water's perched? Where the water's perched, yeah, yeah. But, you know, all up through the root zone, you see the fungus. So, so, uh, mm. But I, I don't disagree. I think they need to poke some holes down in there through those layers. It, it, it'll just benefit all around. I, I've heard guys say we can't do drill and fills and that sort of thing because of the drainage and that's that sort of stuff but uh well there's a lot of solutions dry jet is a good solution a lot of guys will uh deep tine uh depends on where their drainage is if they even have drainage or a lot of times they'll go to xgd systems but i want to ask you a, a sideways question here about pythium root dysfunction how often if ever do you see the other pythium problem not a ton we used to see what I think was pythium root dysfunction years ago when there was a lot of new construction, you know, through the 90s. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't see a ton of it. Okay. You know, most time it's the kind of the crummy root zone pythium root rot issue. And it's so persistent that will even a fungicide help you or do you really have to wait for the soil to drain? Will a fungicide help? Should that fungicide be watered in? Talk to us about managing pythium root rot once you get a diagnosis. What are you writing on those sheets? The old recommendation was uh, drench it in Coban, you know, or, or you know, Terazol, and, and come back a week later with Banol, and then go, you know, onto a rotation. And we still kind of work off that theme. You know, the products are different. Materials like Segway are pretty effective at suppressing the pathogen. But the thing is, even if you can suppress the pathogen, your infrastructure, your root issue isn't going away. If it's holding water, it's going to hold water regardless of the fungicides. So cleaning up that culture and infrastructure are always better, I think, than just continually drenching these fungicides. 
Now, what about other root problems, Rich? Uh, typically, I think you start to see take-all patch on bent grass, and I'm wondering if there's any summer patch beginning to make their way into the lab yet. These other uh, root issues that also typically are controlled by an early season preventative drench. Right. Well, we, we generally in this area start seeing take-all about the middle of May, and we're pretty much right on schedule with that. And we see symptoms exhibit you know, from about the middle of May to middle of June. And, uh, and, and again, that, that we're in a kind of a typical pace and we're seeing the, the normal amount of samples there. So it's only bent grasses. And is there something consistent with the pH? Because, you know, again, your pals there at Rutgers, our friends, Jim and Bruce did that work with manganese and copper a number of years ago for take all patch. Uh, I'm assuming it is number one on bent grass and number two, is it associated with higher pH sands? Yes, it's only bent grass. And yes, the higher the pH, the more likely you're going to see activity of the fungus. And that translates over into wheat growers and that sort of thing, too. So, so you know, we'd like to see you bring the pH down to the five and a half, six range. You know, that's difficult for some people with high pH sands and high pH water, irrigation water. But that is fundamental pillar of cultural control, get the pH down. Do you often recommend ammonium sulfate maybe as a, just a very quick use of ammoniacal nitrogen to try to, you know, lower the pH a little bit? Do you like that as an option? Absolutely. And that goes back to Dave Thompson and Bruce Clark, you know, 20 years ago right. that demonstrated that over a period of a couple of years, you can affect the pH pretty well. Are there good fungicides once you get take-all to apply to keep it at bay? Uh, the strobilurins work well, and the DMI materials work well. Once the soil temperatures drop below about 60 in the fall, so doing a September-October treatment, um, and then in the spring, again, as the temperatures are coming up, uh, you know, April, May, uh, that kind of thing. The, f- the fall fungicide treatments are more critical than the spring. You're oh. going to get better control. Oh. You're going to skip one or the other, skip the spring, not the fall. Okay. So for take all, you're doing a drench application in the fall? Yes. And so since we're talking drench, do we, is it your experience that sometimes the products just aren't watered in enough? You know, it depends. Guys get skimpy on their dilution. You know, they want to spray at low rates. And, uh, you know, you need to get at least two gallons. And in the old summer patch research, it was three to five gallons, but they were using thiophanate methyl, which isn't all that water soluble. So, so again, depending on product, you need to use enough water to, to wet the root zone because the plant tissue that you have to protect is below ground. So you need to get the product there. So the fall applications are more effective than spring applications if you had to pick one or the other. But for summer patch, we know there's a spring model when the soil temperatures at 65 degrees at two inches for so many days, those drenches are made. I'm assuming those treatments are in place. Is it too early to start to see summer patch problems? Usually we don't see summer patch until closer to the 4th of July. But yesterday we were seeing samples with a lot of fungal activity on the roots. The grass wasn't dead yet, but it had been wilting prematurely. It looked a little bit heat stress. And I, you know, and I told the guy, I think your issue is heat stress, but you're going to see summer patch or you're going to see outright dead grass in another three or four weeks unless you do something now. 
Is it from the Northeast or is it from areas of the country that are drier? These are from the Northeast. And, you know, and and wet soils is a predisposing condition. It favors the fungus. You know, once we get up into the window where it's going to grow temperature-wise, if it's wet, it's going to help it along. Certainly a a factor to consider. Well, Rich, I really appreciate you joining me. And before I let you go, uh, I want to ask you one more question about rooting and the transition we might be going through. That abrupt change we saw at Memorial Day weekend here in the Northeast, where it got high and dry for a lot of our regular clientele in in the Northeast, uh, and you began to see a little bit of tinge of, oh boy, this isn't looking good. Is it your sense from looking at roots now from the front part of the year that the wet conditions has resulted in poor rooting, regular rooting, or better rooting? You know, I think there's less roots. I already have samples of annual bluegrass weevil, I mean, annual bluegrass with tiny little, you know, quarter-inch roots. So if I'm seeing plants that are in that much distress now, you know, we're going to have a big problem in in July if it gets really hot. And we're not going to talk about how happy that makes you. Uh, You know, it's job (laughs) security, man. (laughs) All right, Rich, one more time. We can simply Google the Rutgers Diagnostic Clinic and figure out how to send samples to you uh, and all the information's on your website. Yeah, all all you have to do is Rutgers Plant Diagnostic Lab, and we're one of the first things that come up, and just click through, and you can get everything you need, uh, including my phone number, to send a sample. Rich, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Frank. And thanks to our partners at Dryject, the only machine that aerates top dresses and amends in a single pass, and Intelligro, manufacturers of Civitas, a fungicide that's so much more. I'm Frank Rossi. Thanks for joining us.